Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Oddball Outdoor Podcast. Uh, on today's episode, Jason Antonacci and I uh, kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. We talk about some of the changes in youth hunting, the ammo shortage. Um, we get a little political, but not too bad, and we uh, discuss the upcoming turkey season. I hope you like this uh, week's episode. We had a lot of fun doing it. If you uh, if you enjoy what you hear, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment. Uh, we always appreciate everybody sharing it, and uh, you can find us on Facebook. Also, if uh, if you have a cool story that you want to share, an experience, or you know a topic that you feel really passionate about, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on the show. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Oddball Outdoors podcast. Uh, Tonight it's going to be myself, Brett Jacobson, and Jason Antonacci. And we are going to discuss kind of some sensitive topics um, in our pre-chat interview here. Uh, I'm in a mood today, so um, I'm pretty anti-everything today. I don't know. I think I just woke up miserable. And maybe it's the weather outside, but you know what? Forget it. Uh, so this might be a good episode or a bad episode. We're going to see how it goes. But anyways, Jason, how was your day today? Beautiful. Yeah. Day off it was raining. Supposed to do some exterior. Couldn't happen. So I got to sit home in the rain. And edit, edit podcast episodes all day. Is that what you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So – uh, a lot is going on in the world today, so um, and especially in the hunting world. So I think it was last week or the week before, uh, the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, D.C., uh, released a statement or a you know blog and all information and press release and all that other good stuff about um, lowering the youth hunting age from. 14 to 12 and when I read that you know the first thing you know that crossed my mind was when I was 12 years old like yeah that would have been cool right and and I get what they're trying to do with it um but it doesn't solve the overall issue which is the lack of hunters in New York State and it doesn't matter if you lower the age or inc- whatever, we're just losing hunters. I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think of kind of the proposal. I know you've got a young son. I've got a young son. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's start there. Well, my son's nine, so he uh, hopefully it's only a temporary thing for two years. So I hope they keep it because I personally think it'd be beneficial for getting the kids out at an earlier age. I hear what you're saying as far as it not really going to affect the numbers, as far as it's going to be a temporary thing, and then it's not really going to help the fact that we're declining in numbers overall. It it could, but I don't, I don't see it just like you. I don't see it being a drastic change. Um, but as far as it going, I, I really am happy with it because it's it's going to open up a little bit more to the younger. And, and it's really 
it's a challenge for the parents in a sense because that just puts more pressure on the parents when they're that much younger. Two years is a big difference, especially at that age. And uh, but every kid's different in a sense because some kids aren't really quite ready even at twelve. It needs to be the parents' decision. So I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, I applaud their effort. And, uh, but I think, I don't know, I guess where I'm standing on this, this whole, I, I, don't, I don't even want to call it an issue. We'll just call it a topic. Um, where I'm standing on this topic is, you know, we talk about getting kids involved and for that aspect of it, it is great. Right. And, you know, it gets more children involved because, you know, you know, it's younger. So 12, you know, they're impressed with our impressionable there you go there's the word um so you know that aspect of it is cool right but you know the it, i guess it's more of a band-aid on a bullet wound you know a bullet hole is what they say that's the cliche because the overall problem we face in new york is you know kind of twofold right one land is disappearing and you know the opportunities to go and hunt i mean if you've ever hunted state land for i mean we got opening day of turkey coming up if you've ever gone and hunted opening day of turkey on any state property and you're gonna take your 12 year old out good luck because like obviously you know we can get into the whole you know birds are disappearing or whatever but you know the hunting pressure you know i mean hunting pressure alone um you know it kind of you know, I remember my first turkey hunt at 14, we had a guy sneak behind us and shoot a bird 40 yards behind me. And, you know, since then, I always look over my shoulder, but, you know, it definitely, I, I applaud them for trying to get younger kids involved, but it still doesn't solve the major issue, which is there's no land to hunt and we're way overcrowded as it is. And, you know, our numbers are starting, you know, with just about, you know, like turkeys and stuff like that are, are starting to decrease. I mean, you look at the duck numbers and the bag limits, they're going down every year. Migratory geese limits are going down every year. So it's like, maybe this is almost like too little too late. I don't know. Those things fluctuate. And it comes down to having, you know, some private property. If, if you can go and knock on doors, that's become non-existent. People are afraid to knock on doors now to get private property to hunt because they just, they fear the answer of being no, for one, which is the most likely situation. But if you don't ask, you're not going to know. You know, that is a no, no matter what. So it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough go at the state land with kids, that's for sure, because of exactly what you said, people just slipping in or just, not having the same ethics and then you got to explain to your kid you know look at this is not how i do things and we do things as our family does it and it's it's definitely a challenge when you're on state land versus private property I, i'm fortunate to hunt on private property mainly and don't do what you do with these turkey tours and go on private or go on state land that is and kind of like you know it's a free-for-all at times especially that opening day when everybody's gone home and to bring a kid into that environment, you know, the younger the, the younger they are, the more you got to work with them to un make them understand what, what ethics you set, you know, and, and 
give an example, it's it's definitely harder on state land. The so number is declining. Yeah, not to not to cut you off. You, now you had mentioned that you know it's a two year thing, right? Like a like a trial run. Yep, they, yeah, have you have they released like what their intentions were going to be when it came to youth hunts? Well, I'm not 100% read up on it, but I'm guessing it's more like how they introduced the rifle in certain counties. They opened it up and it was temporary, and then they expanded upon it once they saw that it was working and it did the goals that they had set out to accomplish, and they didn't get too much negative feedback from it. That's what it's going to rely on is negative feedback and, and whether or not it produces the numbers they're hoping it produces with the extra flow. But like you said, it's just going to be a temporary thing. And then it's going to be the standard, you know, the, it's still the standard they're coming up. You know, our generation has kids and they raise them, whether it's 12 or 14, you're still getting those new hunters coming up at a certain point, no matter where you put it. So we'll see if it, it encourages more kids. Cause like you said, they're more impressionable at a younger age and they get involved and then they, they start to like it at a younger age. And, uh, the kid, anything that the kids are video games now and out, oh, out God, join yeah. the outdoors. Yeah. Like I said, I applaud them and you know, I'm going to do everything that I can in my power to try and take more younger kids out. Um, you know, my own kids and stuff like that, or, you know, anybody out there that's listening, you know, if you've got, you know, you've got somebody, a, a child or a nephew or a niece or a grandchild, like, you know, by all means, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to, myself or Jason or anybody else, you know, and just ask, you know, if, if, if we mind taking, having somebody tag along, I mean, I know I would not whatsoever. I'm all for it. Um, I guess where I'm, I guess I don't want to say skeptical and, and maybe it's just because of the day, like I'm just grouchy today, but, uh, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like one of those smoke and mirror things because the overall problem that we're facing right now is a hunting community or an outdoor community is like, we're, you know, we only make up a lot. I think it's like 4% of the population. <laughs> I think it's like, it's like four to 7% of the population. It, you know, well, that's it, crazy. Cause if that, you know, with, with the guns that are out there, as far exactly. as 300 million guns and that's, that's ridiculous. And not every gun owner has just one gun. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of gun owners out there. Not all of them hunt and that's the politics of it, especially in New York here, you know, with, with that's half our battle as far as uh, hunting land and, 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 getting private land knocking door to door so many people in new york are against hunting in general and how do you explain that to a kid who's all about you know the outdoors like you you, you are as a family and you try to explain to them well there's people out there that don't enjoy the outdoors and don't enjoy yeah. hunting and they think you shouldn't be doing it yeah you know i mean i don't know I, I, i'm i'm gonna always i'm gonna remain optimistic about it i i hope it works out i hope they get the results that they're looking for you know, I hope it grows the sport or grows the awareness, but, you know, I don't know, you know, us as, as a outdoor community, you know, we don't have a leg to stand on, you know, if we're only making up four to 7% of the entire population, you know, when things go to, you know, Congress or go to the Senate and bills are passed and whatnot, like, 
if you think about it, those really aren't past <laughs> they're, they're not the voice of an outdoorsman. You know what I mean? It's more laws that are being passed or more regulations that are being passed with really out our voice or our opinion on it, you know, because like the overall problem, especially here in New York or, you know, around the country, each state, each geographical location is dealing with, you know, their own issues when it comes to either, you know, invasive species taking over a population, predators taking over a population, you know what I mean? Like, and, oh my God, yes, right? Disease, disease, disease. And it's like, well, why, you know, why is there so much disease? Well, there's so many people out there that don't let you hunt on their property. So there's just herds and herds of animals, you know what I mean? And then the places that do allow you to hunt on their property, you know, it's it's a free for all or you have to pay out the ass for a lease and it's starting to become like i get when i hear people say to me like oh my god i love i i love hunting and fishing it's it's my passion i i don't know what i would do without it and then i hear other people and i'm like yeah i get that i totally agree with that and then i hear people like yeah i used to hunt but you know what? it's been such a pain in the ass and it's so frustrating and i got all these horror stories i'm like yeah i get that too and it's like, I understand both sides. Like, I understand why people are getting out of it. And I understand why people refuse to get out of it. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I refuse. I can't. I can't get out of it. I love it too much to be outdoors. And, you know, I understand that, you know, the stores are there. That's what they're, they're trying to drive society to get away from hunting. And it's, to me, that's a scary thought because yeah, can't rely on those big box stores and the big chains forever. And I don't, I don't like the way that, that, that ha- that's headed for our, you know, our planet. I don't like the big box and the large corporations. So. All right. So yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about those large corporations, right? So yeah. in the news as well. <laughs> um, so uh, I can't remember the town where the Remington gun factory is located here. It's, I think it's like Ilion or something like that, New York. Um, it's out towards like Utica, Rome area. But anyway, so the uh, factory here in New York, uh, the Remington factory, has slowly started letting their workers come back to work, which I think is absurd that we're this far into COVID-19 and ammo manufacturers are just now. I am leaving for Kentucky tomorrow to go turkey hunting. And then I'm hunting in Ohio and Indiana. And I might even hit up Pennsylvania, um, which is undecided. However, I could not, I went to five different stores today and not the only only box of ammo i could find was a 12 or 20 gauge turkey load that was it and it was one box at the walmart in brockport new york it's scary there's nothing it's well this people are buying it up the second it hits the shelf people just snatch it up even if they don't need it they just buy it because the shelves are empty they blame it on covid for shutting down you know the like you said, the manufacturing and slowing everything down, the shipping routes and with the demand. We've never sold 
we've never sold more ammo and more guns in a single year than this past year for COVID ever. It, hit, it broke records. Yeah, I was, uh, so I, I wrote a blog about this, um, about the ammo shortage. And uh, one of the staggering statistics that I, that I found, um, I actually, a, so the company that I work for, we do wildlife management, right? And uh, we do a lot of nuisance control, and then we do wildlife control on like airports, landfills, fish hatcheries. So we, you know, we, we do a lot of shooting, right? And um, so our biologists that, you know, make sure that no airplanes hit geese and hit deer and, you know, feral pigs and, you know, all sorts of every, every species that you could think of, we have a permit to kill with the exception of a bald eagle, right? So if it's flying or running anywhere near a runway, you know, it's our job to take care of it. Or, you know, if it's causing issues for like the Department of Transportation or anything, we got to trap it or kill it, right? So our biologists are spread out through all over the country and it's our job to find ammo and send it out to them. We had our biologists in Kansas going to every state <laughs> that touches the border of Kansas and trying to find ammo and we could not. So I talked to a, a, a buddy of ours that owns a gun store in New Jersey, okay? And he said he used to get about 15 customers a week in his little gun shop. And during COVID, um, right before the shutdown and right after the shutdown, he was averaging 15 to 20 per hour. That's crazy. And uh, so the first problem with the ammo shortage right now that I think, unless you're like a doomsday prepper, like, <laughs> or you're one of those guys that's literally waiting, or you've got the inside scoop, like insider trading, you're just waiting for Walmart to like unload the cases of ammo. And even then, you're only allowed to buy like two boxes or something stupid like that. There's like a sign, right? Yeah, they put a limit on stuff. Yeah, like I'm, I like I literally I have five. I, I was counting. I've got one box of steel shot left. I've got I've got ten turkey loads left. So God forbid I miss a bunch in the next <laughs> week, right? Or like I literally I have to think about it this way, right? If I hit up three states, I can shoot five birds. So, yeah, I, yeah. So, well, you better not miss. Exactly. Or you better be stopping at every ammo shop you see on the way. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So, the, right at you know. So the the biggest factor, like you said, was the number of gun sales. When people buy guns, they buy ammo, and then through the roof. Through the roof, right? Um. And then now ammo manufacturers, they haven't really been manufacturing ammo for over a year, which just blows my mind. So here's your insider tip trading. Anybody out there interested in the stock market, <laughs> start looking into those ammo manufacturers because there's only like yeah. three and they own all the other ones. So <clears throat> there's your, there's your, so I don't know if, if you got well, a while back, I got into reloading. I got a press, single stage press, and I got set up on a bunch of uh, a couple things that I, you know, a couple calibers that I shoot so I could reload my own. 
And uh, the main reason was because my 222, I my 222 is hard to find ammo. It's uh, older, and it it's, they just it, you get one set thing on the shelf, and it's one brand, and it's like it's hard to find. Let alone now in the shortage is impossible. So, but other than that, I'm I'm loaded up big. So <laughs> I'm one of those doomsayers, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but I had pre-thought all that ahead. So about it. I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't reload my own ammo. I'm too lazy. Um, and I just I don't know. I get it. I understand why people do it. It's kind of like the same way like when people tie you know flies for fly fishing. I get it. Like it's really cool. I'll watch you do it's it for mesmerizing. a while. <laughs> right but like i'd have to be really high or really like in the zone to be uh tying flies like that and just be like so focused <clears throat> and uh i mean kudos to those that do it i i know a couple of people you know actually my old science teacher shout out to tom rue uh who is a big fan of our podcast uh i know he's big into it um you know but i'll just go buy it <laughs> yeah, well. but you know, you plan ahead though, like right now, the ammo, even if you can find it, it's more expensive. So is that going to stick around? Are we going to come back in price? Usually things don't get cheaper over time. You know, it's, it's a rarity when things go backwards in price. So my, my planning and thought ahead was try to get into it before everything got crazy, especially living in New York. I mean, it's only going to get worse here in New York. if We don't do something about it as far as who we elect as these politicians that make our laws and regulations. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So that kind of leads us into our next thing. Holy crap. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, this is a, this is one of those tightrope <laughs> situations, right? So not that this is a political debate or anything like that. Right. But because it's in the news and because the president is talking about it, I guess it's a polit a, a political issue. Right. So there's all this gun legislation that's floating around out there. And, you know, you can't go, you can't turn on the news and you can't look on Facebook or any social media without, you know, call, label them Democrats, label them Republicans, just fighting. I mean, I got tagged. Somebody on my thread, you know, was talking about the, the, the young man that got um, shot during the traffic uh stop i guess you could say uh in wisconsin uh recently um and it turned into a gun debate like it turned into a gun debate it turned into a political debate like all these debates right and then like you know secretly and not even secretly but like behind the scenes you have like us as outdoorsmen you know i hate to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that but Behind the scenes right now, I, I, I kind of feel like in the next six months, gun legislation is going to be a really hot topic that we're going to have to actually start paying attention to, especially considering that outdoorsmen make up 4% of the population. Yeah, it's going to be a touchy slope with all that. It's Because outdoorsmen, you know, not all of them are Republican, not all of them are Democrat. There's a middle ground, and it's it's tough because, you know, it's – politics creates so much divide and there's so unless you are active in politics we as the common man have lost our voice because of how big things have gotten and it's hard to have 
everybody be on the same page with something because of all the all the separate ideas and beliefs that so many of us have. It's not just small knit communities like it used to be. We're vast, vast cities. And that plays a big part into this outdoor thing because those vast cities outweigh the outdoors as far as the people that live there, you know, and, and they kind of are starting to dictate our politics and the decision-making on what goes on in the environment that they don't even know about. So, and then it, it, it becomes a science and political battle and it's a hard, hard topic when you talk with some people, especially people in my own family. You know, I mean, you lose friendships over this stuff right now. And that's, that's what's scary is where that's headed because you need to be able to talk about stuff without getting upset. Even if you don't agree, you, you should be able to talk about something without getting into a fight over it. But that's not where things lead now. They think things lead to like splitting of families and people getting divorced over this kind of shit right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Like with this COVID shot and shit, you know, like. My wife wanted to, I, I'm so against that shit, but my wife, she works in the pharmacy. She wants to get it. I'm not going to tell her not to, you know, it's your decision. I said, but people out there are getting into fights over that type of shit and they're getting divorced over that. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny. Um, not even that it's funny. It's, uh, it's just awkward now. Like, <laughs> like if you think, if you look at your family, right. And I'm not talking just like, people under your roof but like you're you know your extended family and stuff i i'm sure everybody has fought or had an argument about gun <laughs> racism and covid vaccine <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 like, I, like i can think of like in the Hot past topics. i'm pretty sure you know and like my family you know i come from a biracial family right we've had our racism <laughs> discussions and it gets really really heated sometimes right we've had our gun battle you know i've got you know my family is made up of you know some of us are are pro outdoors pro gun some of us aren't you know and then the covid vaccine you know um i've got some family members that are dead set against it and then oh god forbid johnson and johnson pushed pause this week you know? <laughs> god forbid yeah. three people out of you know 30 million or whatever it is got sick but you know i mean me personally i'm afraid of needles i don't have any tattoos i've refused to give blood at blood drives i'm really sorry like if anybody needs it like you know, you're going to have to sedate me or something like that to stick a needle in my arm, but I'm all set. You know, I'll just live in my little fishing cabin up here. I can just wake and nobody needs to come see me. We'll, we'll talk via zoom and, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, my guy being my mother, my mother's crazy with non guns and anti AR and that whole battle with, she watches oh, too God. much CNN and MSNBC news and, She's got all that in her head that guns are bad. And I, I try to, you know, and even trying to explain to her, you know, like it's just been labeled horrible. It, I got guns in my safe that are just as powerful and can shoot just as fast, but aren't an AA, AR platform. And like, it's, it's, it's crazy that she, uh, she thinks the way she thinks. And I think the way I think it, it's, it's, I, I can't understand that side of it, but, that's you know we're all different yeah and it's that's the crazy thing about this gun debate is is the fact that it's a constitutional right and we got our president saying that you know amendments aren't absolute right 
okay, all right, well, let's, let's, what about the amendment for taxes? You know what? Let's stop paying federal taxes now. Let's change that amendment then. Please. Yeah. (laughs) Please. It's so stupid, like, in my opinion, but that's, you know, people, people got their views. I'd I'd love to debate somebody over it. That's what we should get. I've had uh, great discussions with my friends, my, my friend Dom, who's, who's not a hunter. He grew up around guns, but it's it's great lively debate and great conversation to have and we should be talking about this amongst each other and not getting upset over other people's views yeah you know i don't know it's a, it's I, you know one of the things and here's the sad part right we can talk about it but like goes back to that 4% of the american population right um you know, granted the amount of guns and gun owners, you know, that kind of factors in it too. But when we're talking about just like hunting laws and hunting regulations, you know, um, we don't have a voice. Well, because think about it this way, right? Follow the, yeah, follow the money, right? I mean, where's the, where's the, you know, percentage of our, license sales and stuff like that that are paying for lobbyists you know it's like you know and there's make up what funds conservation us hunters who pay for the tags pay for our fishing license all that is the vast majority of the conservation and the the non-hunters don't even understand that when you talk to most of them that that where that money comes from to make their environment so good is the hunters and if you lose that, where's that money going to come from? Cause nobody else is paying into it. We're paying into it yearly and it just keeps going up and up. They changed everything now in New York a few years back where they got rid of uh, the super sportsman license. Now you got to buy everything individually. And it's, it's kind of all weird how they do it now. It's, I don't know. They, the, the regulations is, is we, we need to get more, more people in politics that, that talk with the hunter and and are open to our ideas and want to listen to what we say instead of just taking taking things for granted and it sucks Mm -hmm. all right let's let's put that topic to bed because otherwise we're gonna get we could go on all night (laughs) i'm gonna switch from my uh my my coffee i'm gonna start ripping some beers um all right so We got turkey hunting coming up, man. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Like, I've been, you know, I, I, I've been, obviously, you know, I'm getting my fix, you know, not to brag, but I'm leaving tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and I'm really excited, but, um, but I'm really nervous. To? You know, I'm really nervous, right? And uh, here's why, right? So... <clears throat> talking to a biologist today right and we were we were talking about um we were talking about management plans and um we were talking about predation right and you know a couple weeks ago i did an interview with the nwtf and um you know, they, they said that, you know, 80, I think it's like 82 cents on the dollar goes back into like conservation efforts and stuff like that. Right. But recently this week, uh, I know the hunting public as well as a bunch of other people 
did some videos and some YouTube videos and they released all this research about the <laughs> decline of the turkey population nationwide, right? And when you start chunking, you know, these places, right? So like, if you're looking at like the Northeast, right? Like specifically New York, right? Because the turkey population in like Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire is freaking booming, right? But like, you look like New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, decline, 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 decline. Even Kentucky, which I, I'm going to, I've talked to numerous people in Kentucky, biologists, I've talked to uh, DNR, they said the same thing, you know, it's just going down, it's going down, it's going down. Georgia, they're doing, you know, and what they found in Georgia is, you know, the in the early 2000s when the turkey population was at its peak, um, hen to poult ratio, so a, a successful hen um, ha or successful poult hatch was like four to one. Now it's less than one. So most of the hens aren't even having at least one poult, right? Um, which is ridiculous, right? And, um, you know, we can talk about land development. We can talk about the hum human thumbprint. But every biologist that I've talked to all over the country, <clears throat> and uh, they all pointed the finger at one thing, and that was predators, right? And I'm guilty of this, too. I love turkey hunting. But... I can't remember the last time I shot a coyote, a fox, a raccoon, possum. I don't trap, right? It ends up being possums and raccoons that kill the best a lot of the times. The um, actually, it, it has more to do with, uh, so coyotes and foxes um, are like the, the highest concentration of nest raiders, um, which that's what one of their research studies showed. Yeah, but more um, people tend to shoot the fox and the, co the coyote over the possum and the raccoon, especially right. me. I'll be yeah. shooting at a fox and coyote. I'm not shooting at raccoon and possum. I probably should, though, especially if I want the, the turkey to come into my area more. Oh, yeah. And, um, but like, yeah, like that is never, you know, like I'm all now I'm like, man, I got to get into predator hunting, right? So, like, if you look at all over the country, right? And, um, you know, predator numbers keep climbing right and we got into this big debate today this big conversation um <laughs> we eradicated wolves right because of <laughs> we eradicated wolves in the united states right because of the you know they just decimated right populations of prey because they're they're an apex predator and in new york we don't have wolves but we have coyotes well <laughs> out west you know wolves will take down coyotes right so they're like you know they're like number two on the depth chart right but here <laughs> they're number one they're the apex predator and then today i'm driving down the road i almost hit a freaking bald eagle <laughs> in churchville new york flying bald across the road booming in our area so like now we're talking about raptors and it's like these poor freaking turkeys like <laughs> They're getting, they're getting killed off the limb. They're getting killed on the ground and their nests are getting killed. And, you know, I guess where I was going with this is 
you know, people are bitching and complaining, like, out in Colorado and out in Montana and all these states, right? They don't hear bugles anymore, right, with elk. Well, we've done so many conservation efforts to reintroduce wolves that they're literally wiping out the population of white-tailed deer and That's elk. That's why they opened the season for wolf. Right, but it's like, how stupid are we? Like, we eradicated them for a reason. Now we reintroduced them. Now we're trying to eradicate them, right? Like, how well, many, you know, I never saw. Balance. Yeah. That's, like, what, that's what DEC tries to do with all these hunting species as far as they got to they gotta balance the public's demand to have predators gone and have certain animals thrive. And then they got a demand of the, the hitting of cars with deer in certain populations, certain areas. Yeah. And it's it's a tough balance for them and and i don't know where to go with turkey because i don't know enough on the numbers although in my area personally from my experience where i hunt the two places there's more turkey than i've ever seen before so but that's that's just you know that's generalized so i mean as far as overall numbers go i'm not i would have to look those up as far as if it's declining you know yeah. what you're saying yeah, so, like, I encourage anybody that's, you know, big pro-turkey hunter and stuff, if you're a big turkey hunter, you got to get into predator hunting. Like, that's, you know, and, like, and that's just my opinion, but, I mean, I don't know, like, it, you know, I definitely, today, today was the day that I'm, like, I, I got to get into trapping. I got to get into predator hunting. Um, you know, I've had two podcast episodes where I've interviewed professional trappers, and it's like, you know, they're nuisance trappers. And at what point do we start labeling like coyotes, foxes, raccoons, possums, nuisance? I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? Like they've got to survive. Yeah. And they're but doing in some areas, like you go to Greece, Greece in New York, there it's, uh, they got a big coyote problem within the population in their, their suburb area. They're taking out cats. You know, some of them are showing themselves during the day and rummaging through garbage and it's, becomes a danger there's the videos you see them on youtube you'll see them on the internet as far as they're going after kids too some of these suburban coyotes and we're doing that with with like you were saying a little earlier with the thumbprint of human thumbprint you you were forcing we're forcing these predators and the animals all to the segregated woods the little section of woods where it's just you know you got all housing tracks over here everywhere except for one little area and they're forced all to that area because it was all those housing tracks were where they their land was their habitat and now they're being forced to these tiny areas and you're we're eliminating them just as much as the predators and species are in those kind of areas and that's it's a battle amongst itself you know we, we yeah. we're we got a thumbprint like you're saying to it yeah so you know how i ended this conversation with uh this guy today was you know he basically was like follow the money and I'm like, okay, what do you mean? He's like, follow the money. He's like, uh, think about it this way. He's like, um, everybody wants to go to Alaska, right? Alaska, 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 right? It's the final frontier, right? So um, he's like, I was so excited because we've got a client up in Alaska and I was going to go hunt sick deer. <laughs> he's like, they're dumb as rocks and, you know, they're cool. And, uh, you know, it's Alaska and, and, and you go out there, he goes, I go out there, I hunted for five days and I didn't see any. And he goes, <laughs> so I start talking to this local guy. He's like, 
I paid like $5,000. He goes, so that's $5,000. That's an out-of-state resident license and tags and everything. He goes, that doesn't even include like, you know, travel, lodging and all this other shit. He's like, right. He goes, you know, and I go there and uh, he goes, I'm expecting, he goes, I'm bringing all this bullets. I'm expecting just to just go on a freaking, on a, <laughs> on a slaughter, right? He goes, and I don't see shit. He goes, literally, he goes, I didn't even see poop. And uh, I'm like, okay. And he's like, uh, I'm like, well, what was the cause of it? He goes, well, I talked to a local. And he goes, just goddamn wolves. He goes, we've done such a good job reintroducing wolves into the wild. He goes, he goes, either they released them, they released them on the islands to help maintain or help balance the population of sick deer. He goes, and they killed them all. He goes, everywhere he looked, it was wolf droppings with deer bones in it. He's like, they just, he's like, they're predators. That's what they are. They're predators. He goes, so now that money that goes into conservation efforts is now going to, because he's never going to go there again. I'm never going to go there. Right. But like, think about it this way. All these people that have, you know, their lifelong dream is to go do it yourself and hunt elk out West. Well, the elk are starting to disappear, right? And, uh, you know, and, and a perfect example, right? Down in Florida, they've got this huge invasive species of Burmese pythons, okay? Oh. And this is how predators are, okay? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> the first things to go were raccoons. In the yeah. Everglades right now, 99.8% of the raccoon population is completely gone. 99.7% of the possum population is completely gone, okay? Beaver, muskrat, nutrirats, all gone, okay? You start eating iguanas. Yeah. <laughs> right? The deer population, 98% of the deer population in the Florida Everglades is completely gone. Turkey population, gone. Gone. Okay. Yeah. Well, they deserve apex predator. You want to talk okay. about apex predator, <laughs> right? So now, okay, one of the greatest conservation accolades in the United States ever was <laughs> the American alligator in the Florida Everglades. Guess what is dropping right now because of these freaking invasive species, which call it by accident, call it whatever you want, but they're there, they're reproducing. They are wiping out the alligators now because they're crushing their nests. They're eating the young ones. And now like these 20 footers are going after like medium sized alligators. And so now that population is starting to decline. There's a battle in the Florida Everglades right now between pythons and American alligators. And we've spent billions of dollars to maintain the population of the American alligator in the Florida Everglades. And guess what they're doing? They're just dropping. And it's like, same thing with wolves. You see all these reports about the DEC letting mountain lions go and the cats. (laughs) It's like, what the hell are we doing, man? What is wrong with us? Where do you fall on that? Do you believe they did that? Do you see a secret project to let mountain lions go? So, um, quick story. <laughs> so, I used to live in Indiana, and uh, I used to drive home 
uh, every other weekend and um, to spend time with my family and my son. And uh, so one night I'm driving through, I get off the throughway and I'm going through like Virgin area. And I was like two o'clock in the morning. I had been driving like, okay. But I'm almost to my exit and uh, literally on the side of the road, walking on the side of the road, swearing my son's life, swearing to everybody. Was a, was a cougar. It was a mountain lion, man. I mean, <laughs> it, it just was. Like, there's nothing, like, unless unless I had a hallucination or, like, whatever. How but, long ago was this? Uh, seven years ago. Six, seven With the years. invention of the trail camera. I just, I, I, I feel like we I, haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, Sasquatch, I get it, yeah. right. So, yeah. with all that, with all the camera technology we got out there, where's the good picture? I got, I'm in trail cam groups, and I'll see these video and all these credible, like, you can't tell me it's not picture of a mountain lion. Well. And here you get a fuzzy little picture, or you get some house cat, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure, no, 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 I get it, I get it. But that's my story. I'm sticking to it, right? Now, this is just me. And I have, look, I've got no dog in the fight, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. But, however, I do believe um, there actually, like, a couple years ago, somebody hit one in Massachusetts. uh, uh, Connecticut, they went through. Was it Connecticut? Connecticut, yeah. No, it's happened. I'm not saying they're not here. Right now. I was just reading a new thing, a new published article out of the news talking about the uh, possibility of somebody had a black uh, jaguar as a pot and it re- they released it in the uh, Finger Lakes region mm-hmm. because there's several credible reports just recently of this large black cat, extremely large black cat that can't be a house cat. Even cops have seen it or something it was saying in this article. And like credible people saying they've seen this large black cat but it most likely is a pet that was released or like the one you're saying that was tracked and, and ended up in Vermont. So I'm not saying it's not out of the possibility. Yeah. I don't think it's out of the possibility, but like, but DEC doing secret projects and releasing them. Come on. Yeah. That's a little too conspiracy theory, big brother type bullshit. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I, I look at it this way, right. You know, and this kind of goes back to that whole Turkey thing. Okay. Coyotes really weren't around here. And then they started moving in. And then, you know, here's one. Um, fishers. Dude, people are like, oh, fishers have always been here, right? Yeah. I call bullshit, <laughs> right? But, like, because I run trail cameras. I've had trail cameras out like crazy, right? I saw the first one on trail camera like five years ago. Now, where I hunt out here in Avon, buddy of mine sitting in my tree stand is like, dude, I just saw a fisher kill a squirrel and eat it 50 yards away from me i'm like no shit right and then two days later there's a fisher eating the gut pile uh, of a deer and they're on uh, the second day of shotgun season and it's like okay they're here right um now there's people are trapping them like not just like one or two people are trapping like 15 16 a season right well they're moving around not only are they moving around but like dude we're in like prime habitat for predators to succeed. Like yeah. what about Bobcat? Like I swear in Orleans County, my buddy Scott's where we hunt Malby in there in Orleans County. 
I swear I saw a bobcat. It was it it was early morning, and I'm telling you, I know what a house cat looks like. This was a bobcat with its pointy ears, its, its short, stubby tail, big body, and I'm like, oh my god, what is this thing? Yeah. You know, it was a good hundred yards away, but I and my buddy's like, I swear I've heard it. You know, howling, making weird weird noises at night. He's like, I swear there's a bobcat around this area. No trail, we got trail cams up all over there. No pics of it, you know. But I I know what my eyes saw. Like you're saying about the, you know, I know what my it's. Speaking of weird things like that, up in the Adirondacks, Franklin County, way up north, like up by Malone, a little south of Malone. I swear when we were up there, uh, we we're going for bear. We call it bear camp. All we ever do is end up shooting grouse. But <laughs> we're up there, right? We're on our, our walk. And I swear to God, we st- we bumped up a, a wolverine. Now, people are like, oh, it was a fisher. I'm like, there's no way this thing's a fisher. I know what a fisher looks like, long, slender body big but not like the this was a goddamn wolverine <laughs> now there's reports that they used to be up there and i i'm telling you i know what our eyes i know what my eyes saw my buddies all saw the same thing when you look up on all the photos of comparing fisher to wolverine we saw a goddamn wolverine up there so i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know man i think um <clears throat> i don't know with the trail know. cameras, you would think though you could get a picture of this stuff that people keep saying they see with it, with all the trail cameras that we got out, and everybody's with their their uh, Spartan and the 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 Revel uh, cams with the sending pics right to your phone. Oh yeah, you the know? spy cams, yeah, spy cams and everything else. I don't know. I you know <clears throat> I just always go back to if I was a mountain lion, why wouldn't I? be here you know what i mean like there's no hunting season there's no hunting pressure there's no dogs chasing and treeing them the deer don't know what a mountain lion is around here you know what i mean same thing with a wolverine and a bobcat nobody knows you know what i mean like if you if you're a turkey are you looking for a mountain lion you know (laughs) no no you know are are you if you're if you're a white-tailed deer a doe with fawns are you checking the high grass for mountain lions? <laughs> like, no, I if I would be here, right? The only thing that like I, I don't, you know, like a one-off here or there, I can get on, I can pick up on. It's kind of the same thing. Like, remember 20 years ago, people were like, "There's no black bears in New York." Come yeah. on, black bear no, in Canada. Come on, a black bear in Orleans County. Well, guess what? Now every spring. Guess what we're seeing? And, and they're here. They're here now, right? This was a record year for New York hunters taking bear, black bear. Yeah. So imagine that. It's, a, it's the record low number of of hunters two years ago. COVID, big spike. But, you know, thanks, stimulus. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, record number of black bears are killed, so. Yeah. I don't know. It's all correlated, I guess. Well, that's the there was a huge number increase in deer taking too. I guess I gotta look at all those numbers detailed, but yeah, it, of course it would spike. It would make sense with the uh, the amount of of extra tags sold this year, and everybody <laughs> wanting to get out of their houses. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's end on this. So we we started talking a little bit about turkey hunting. 
Yeah, I feel like we should probably <laughs> probably end on turkey hunting. Um, do you do anything preparation-wise, scouting-wise? I know you're kind of like the, you know, quintessential. You got two properties that you hunt. Like, do you do anything when it comes to, like, because, like, me, when I'm out on state land, I'm, I'm patterning birds. I'm listening for gobbles in the morning before the season starts. You know, I'm patterning them like I do deer. Uh, you do any of that, or you just uh, – you kind of got it already made. What do you got? What do you got going on? Well, the the lucky thing with mine is it's a very secluded area. I get to hunt with my one turkey spot. I uh, this was last year was supposed to be my last year. I might be able to hunt it again this year because they're still working on the place. They sold the property, and they're putting up a house, and they're not moved in yet. And the guy that I know that's the neighbor now, the guy that owns the property, is cool with them and was talking with them and I do work for all them painting and stuff. So I'm hopefully going to have the squeak in for that property still. Otherwise mm -hmm. my other options are they're they're very few and far between to get Turkey. So I was crying there for a minute thinking that last year was my last Turkey season. And uh, as far as prep work, when I did have that spot, yeah, I would do what you I would go there, listen for the gobbles, find out where they were roosting this year. You know, it was a couple hundred acres that I was hunting on over there of just open field old used to be old horse pasture and it's all overgrown. And then there's lots of tree line, uh, hedgerows, nothing thick. So where the birds are is kind of, you know, they're limited. Other than that, it's all, it, it backs up to the canal, that property. So yeah, I would do that. I would do the tour around, give, give a listen. I wouldn't be hitting my call or anything early. I don't want to make them wise over there. And, uh, you know, I'd look for, look for the, the footprints in the mud and stuff where they where they tend to go. I had them pretty patterned because they stuck to the same kind of areas over there. The problem is when I go to my other spots, they're so far on the other side of the woods, you see, you'll, you're lucky to see a bird come through your area once in a whole season, you know, and that's usually later on in the season when you get the one going out looking for new female that aren't bred. And uh, that's, you got to, got the problem is with two with New York, they, they only allow it for noon. So that time when they're, the hens are on their, on their nests and then the toms are all left alone and out searching again for the ones that haven't bred, you can't call them anymore. You can't, you can't hunt them. They're all, you, you got to go in and get your lunch and you got to wait till the next morning. So here in New York, it's that, that rush in the morning to get them off the roost and do your research like you're saying, know where they're roosting up from the night before. Yeah, so I, I this is I'm pretty excited about this, right? So <laughs> Kentucky, you can hunt 30 minutes before sunrise and 30 minutes before sunset, right? Really, all day, huh? So you can hunt all day, right? So when I took my son when he was nine years old, I, uh, we went to Ohio for youth season, and Ohio during the regular spring season, you know, for the big big people, uh, the grownups, uh, you you can't hunt past noon. But for youth, that weekend, you can hunt morning till dark, okay? Perfect. Nice. Well. Okay. And um, so, you know, much like we do, like, it was weird because our mindset had to change. The first day, you know, we're in there butt crack early, right? We know these birds are going to be somewhere in this area, right? You know, my son's sleeping in the blind and, <laughs> you know, like, <clears throat> I'm sleeping in the blind. Like, we, I mean, it was like dark 30, right? And uh, 
I mean, there wasn't even birds, you know, chirping yet when we got in there, right? You know, public land. So we're thinking like there's going to be a ton of people out there, but there wasn't. And um, we worked these birds off the roost and they just, for whatever reason, man, they just didn't want to come up the hill. You know, every instinct is like, they're going to get to the highest point. They just didn't. So we're like, all right, you know, let's get on them. Let's get on them. Let's chase them. Let's chase them. Let's circle. Let's walk four miles in a circle and get ahead of them, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know, my uncle and my dad are like, you know, let's go. We got to, we got to go. We got to go. And I just was like, man, I'm hungry. Like we got all day. Like, let's just, like they're going to come back here. We know where they're going to be tonight. Like, what's the hurry? Let's go get some biscuits and gravy, man. Um, and that's what we did. So then, um, um, so we, we chase them, you know, later in the afternoon, they're, they heat up. We just couldn't close the deal. And every place we went to, we were working birds. Right. And, uh, and then that next morning, we're on birds again, and um, we can't get them to cross this creek. But same thing, we're like, screw this. Rather than just keep chasing them and educating them, like let them let them go off, let them settle in, let the hens get on their nests. You know, let's go get breakfast. So we go grab breakfast. My dad leaves, and. We got to check out of the hotel at noon. So, you know, we go hunt for a little bit, like from 10 to noon, go back, check out of the hotel. My son, I'm like, do you want to keep hunting? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Three o'clock in the afternoon, we go to the most, for whatever reason, he's like, I want to go to this, you know, the spot with the field at the top of the hill. And I'm like, oh God, it's the, the tallest mountain in Ohio. <laughs> and, and he, he's, Going right up there, and crush I'm like, right up there, right? yeah, I yeah, crush right yeah, up there, gun, right? Gun <laughs> yeah, of course, right? I'm like, here, take the damn gun. You can carry it. If you get, you know, <laughs> climb this damn hill like a Sherpa. <clears throat> and uh, so we get up to the top of the hill, like sweating and like shortness of breath. Like I'm getting lightheaded because I'm that fat and out of shape. And, uh, you know, apparently being round isn't good, f a good size for hills. Uh, so... We get up, we get a bird fired up, and all of a sudden, a bunch of horseback riders come through. And we're like, <laughs> okay. And uh, so then we go set up on the other side of the mountain. And, you know, you know, one thing I'll never understand is goddamn mushroom hunters. You know, <laughs> like, why do you have to wear, why do you have to wear a bandana? Why do you have to pack yourself like your Bear grills going to survive in the outdoors for seven days? Like, you're They're walking. foraging, man. They're foraging. Yeah, well, <laughs> they ruined my fucking turkey hunt. So, so they come walking rolls. through. They come walking through. They walked right through the damn decoys, right, with their stupid poles and their, you know. And it's like, uh, okay, right. So, my son's, like, all down in the dumps. And I'm like, dude, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, let's go check on the other side i'm like it's kind of far away from everybody and it's kind of secluded down there we go over there as soon as we hit the call four long beards fire up and by the time we sat down put our gloves on got the camera up and rolling <clears throat> they're on top of us and my son took his first bird um it was monster gobbler i mean full you know i mean full everything i, mean, I think it was like 26 pounds and it's like an 11 and a half inch beard on it like this thing was a monster I, it actually i you think worked it was, for it yeah it was a triple bearded bird right got it on camera i'll share the video or whatever but three o'clock in the afternoon 
<laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, well, hands uh, <clears throat> around their nest. Yeah, I can't leave to go to Kentucky until tomorrow afternoon. So I'm not going to get there until like 3.30 in the morning, right? 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I got no time to scout, nothing to do, right? So my plan is I mark some stuff on Onyx. I'm going to go listen. If I can't work, if I don't get lucky, you know, right off the bat, I'm going to set up my camp. I'm going to take a nap. And whenever I wake up, I'm going to go in the afternoon and just, you know, hunt for the next like four days. And then I got the Indiana opener and I know where those birds are. So, you know, we're good there. I got, I got somebody there scouting for me. So <laughs> I'm cheating. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cheating. <laughs> Somebody's but, uh, doing the scouting. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I promised him I'd get him on the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, but um, all right, man. Final thoughts. What do you What do you got going on this weekend? What do you got coming up, man? You doing anything good with the kids? Doing any fishing? Little league, kids full blown in baseball. Little league, and uh, I hope to get out if it's nice out. You know, I got the yard work, of course. I want to go and move some of uh, or check my chan my stands there, loosen the straps. I like to do that in the early early season here before the leaves are all out full blown and then the tree starts growing again. I don't want to bust any straps, you know. I try to loosen them up just a little bit, and I usually my my main goal is I'll take that top strap, move it to the bottom, put a brand new strap across the top of the tree stand every year. And uh, other than that, I don't know. I, I got to get my uh, my turkey gear out. I haven't got my turkey gear out like you do. You know, May's creeping up here. Yeah, it's right behind me. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, also, next weekend, well, not next week, the 30th, April 30th, I got my tracking, my leash tracking dog license exam. I'll be taking that. So yeah. I hope nice. to be a leash tracking dog handler. <laughs> we'll look forward to that, Greg. All right, so that wraps up this week's episode of the Oddball Outdoor Podcast. A uh, little different format than we were used to, but you know what? I thought it was a pretty good one, but uh, I am biased. So um, if you, uh, like we always say, um, if you want to be on the show, if you've got a cool story or you got a cool topic you want to talk about, you know, we're not professionals by any mean whatsoever. So you can, obviously you can get a hold of Jason and I. Um, you can get us get a hold of us on Facebook, obviously is the easiest way. Um, it, it, like this is a cool platform. Um, we're doing it for fun. We're not out here trying to be industry experts by any means. Uh, clearly we are not political experts either, uh, as you can tell. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, not at all. Right. But, um, I think next week we've got, um, Adam Kazmierski from Kaz Lures coming on the show. I think Jason's gonna, uh, take that ball and run with it. Um, so I know you're pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, good guy, local company, local lure company. Um, and from everything that I've heard and everything that I've researched, um, he makes some pretty damn good lures and, uh, some of the fish that people are catching on them, um, are they're not small. So, uh, pretty interested to hear his story. Um, and then got another episode coming out next week as well. 
with a good friend of mine, Richie Steubing, who is a big quality deer management uh, guy, QDMA. Um, so excited about that one. So yeah, we got a busy week next week and uh, I'll probably be, uh, yeah, be broadcasting from Kentucky with you. And I know you're gonna be jealous. Yes, yes, I'll be a little jealous. As long as you shoot something, you know, and I get to see it, I'll be happy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, as always, we really appreciate everybody listening. Um, if you like what you hear, please make sure you like it, subscribe to our podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us. And uh, on behalf of Jason and I, we'll see you next time.